Welcome, Blood Brothers and Sanguine Sisters, to Deeply Discussing Dexter. I'm your host, Dale Maxfield. I'm joined by Aaron Caldwell. Hello. Brooke Merritt. Hi. And Zach Rowland. Hey, hey. And today we are discussing Season 7, Episode 1. Are you... On this episode, Deb is very uncomfortable helping Dexter get away with murder. Mike Anderson and his contract expire. Quinn and Batista decide to drop their empty threats. Lewis's sweet gaming laptop is sponsored by Razer this year. And we learn the Ballad of Banjo, Deb's momentary childhood pet. What did you guys think of this episode overall? I actually really liked this episode. It was way better than anything season six had for us. But it we finally got to see what would actually happen if Deb found out about Dexter. And uh, I think they both played it perfectly. And I, I just really enjoyed this episode. And I could not be further on the opposite side of that. I thought really? this episode was super, super boring. I was like, this is where I really start to hate Dexter. I can feel it. I can feel it. And uh, yeah, thought this I thought this episode was, was boring. I thought this episode was terrible. Wow. And I liked this one. I thought we were, you know, getting <laughs> back to the promise of the earlier seasons after that hell that was season six. I thought seven starts out pretty good. I mean, we'll get into it more in the episode, but just think about the fact that this is the first episode after, like, literally seconds after. Deb finds out that Dex is a killer. And by the end of the episode, she knows he's not just a one-time killer. He's actually a monster and serial killer. They actually did all of that in one episode of Dexter. They didn't drag it out for a season. Yeah. Well, they're learning from their mistakes, but it doesn't make the content any better. Okay. (laughs) Fair enough. I mean, you got to, you got to give them credit for when they actually get something right. Um, because, uh, man, season eight's going to be a real downer for you. Oh. <laughs> uh, that's what that's what that's what I'm get the feeling about right now. So it's going to be a rough two seasons for me. There's no Lila. <laughs> Just- yeah, I was surprised by how much I did like this one. I wasn't expecting to because, of course, I don't remember anything. And I really, I thought it was exciting. I thought it was really well performed. I thought we got a payoff from such a you know something we've been waiting for all these years. I thought they set it up pretty well. In hindsight, a lot of people, uh, a lot of people give this season a lot of credit. They think it's it was actually a good one. Um, everybody seems to universally think it's better than season seven or season six. Um, it's certainly better than season eight, but it gets ranked like there's some people that will rank it above uh, season three. There's people that will rank it above season five, um, and I'm not sure they're. Totally wrong uh, for doing that because it it has some things going for it. Um, But Zach, um, congratulations. Uh, You're the only one of us that avoided liking a Scott Buck episode this year, this time. So well done. I can, I can sniff him out. (laughs) (laughs) It starts with Dexter trying to drive to the airport, but running out of gas. All his credit cards are declined. He gets cash out and makes it to the airport starts to buy a ticket to Budapest, but it turns out to be a fake out. We return to Deb witnessing him kill Travis. Uh, Deb draws her gun. Dexter tells her that it's Travis Marshall on the table. 
He plays scared slash confused and asks her to lower the gun. Dexter claims to have snapped after running into Travis at the old church. He had a lot of anger after Rita died. Deb says that it doesn't explain why Travis is racked in plastic. Dexter claims that it was all second nature not to leave a trace as a forensics expert. Deb wants to call it in. Dexter says it looks too weird. He thinks that even with an insanity plea, he's going to lose his career and his son. He suggests that they just get rid of the body. Deb box getting caught with the body would look worse. So Dexter hatches a plan to make it look like Travis committed ritual suicide and cover it up with fire. Deb goes to get gas. Okay. I want to go back to the fake out real quick. Um, Was this really a fake out? Like it seemed more to me like a flash forward, which also kind of comes back a little bit later when he finds out why his credit cards aren't working, because this is the only reference they make to him knowing his credit cards aren't working. No, you're right. Um, I, in my notes that I just read, I, I call it a fake out, but it does turn out to be a flash forward for later in the episode. Um, I think it's just to get our, our adrenaline running that he's being chased by Deb and that's not what's happening. It's actually something that happens later in the episode. So, Yeah, that scene where they're together in the church, um, I think that's where I started to go awry a little bit because I guess I just wanted him to own up to it right away, but then they're going to build up this whole uh, Harry being like, I never wanted her to find out. I never wanted her to live this life story. And I'm, and I was just like, why doesn't he just own up to it right away? Like, why doesn't he just be like, yeah, Deb, I'm a killer. I'm a serial killer. And then like drop a beat and, you know, do it in like rap so that he can like explain to her what he does. (laughs) Well, Deb hasn't had 30 years to get used to this. Like Dexter has. Um, and, he's also trying not to get arrested or shot by her in that scene. It's not like he sits her down and says, Hey, I killed Travis Marshall and there's a lot more to the story. So buckle up. Yeah. I mean, if if she had come in and been like, Hey, we need to talk about this, then, then maybe, yeah, I get it. But she immediately pulls her gun and it's, it's ready to go. Right, and with Deb, there is a real risk because she is so into her job as lieutenant. She really is, at her core, an honest honest cop. And so she is really conflicted at that point. So I can get why he's just trying to do anything to get out of it. And also, he spent his whole life escaping the truth of this. So, you know, it's going to be a lot harder to just say, yep, you got me. Whereas right then, he's just in survival mode. Zach, do you, think, do you feel like by the end of the episode, Deb knows what she needs to know, like that she's been filled in properly? Eh, a little bit. I think there's there's holes. I mean she has to know. she has to do the work to find the information. He doesn't he's not forthcoming about it. But by the end of the episode right. I feel like she's caught up. Like she knows that he is a monster. He's a serial killer. Yeah. Yeah, she gets the the needed information in terms of making her her next judgment call of what she's going to do, and I get I get that. I just um, so I mean to turn I it just, around. If this first scene had been okay, you caught me in the act, and I'm a serial killer, and I've been killing people since I was twenty, and I'm also the Bay Harbor butcher, and I also did this, and I also did this, and I also did this. Like, doesn't that rob us of? 
the slow burn of Deb figuring all of this out, which they could have stretched over an episode. And I'm grateful to them for not doing that, that they took this episode to do it. But for them to just do that all in one scene, I feel like would have been a complete waste of the biggest reveal left on the show. Yeah, I get that. I can sympathize with it. I'm just a rip the bandaid off kind of guy, you know, but I, I totally understand why they went the route that they went. It's a little bit more in tune with being like realistic for the most part, as opposed to being kind of crazy, which is where like, you know, some certain shows can sometimes go where there's like, we're not even going to hold back anymore. So, you know, they put up, they put the, they pumping the brakes on season seven, which they need to do. I mean, it's the difference between it happening in a scene and happening in an episode. And I think an episode is a, a perfectly fast way to go. Um, like knowing these writers, it's, it's really, it's really quite amazing that they didn't stretch this particular part of the story out over two or three episodes at the minimum. And they don't. Um, and part of that too, is that, uh, when, Season six ended. They, uh, they were they. Showtime signed everybody back for two final seasons of Dexter. So they had seven and eight, at least the basic story figured out by the time they were shooting the beginning of season seven. Um, and that, I, I think that's another thing that that is telling in how they're pacing the story out. In that they're not just they're not just building up to this season's finale; they're building up to the series finale, but they have twenty four full episodes to do it instead of just one season. So um, there's a flashback of Deb as a child playing with a puppy. Harry tells his wife that they have to get rid of it. Period. He whispers, "Don't even think about it." To a tween Dexter. As Dexter starts working on Travis's body, he, le- he drops the blood slide he collected into a drain. Uh, Deb and Dexter set on the or set the church on fire and leave. They end up sitting by the ocean until the call comes in to come to their crime scene. Angel buys Dexter's story. Deb distracts Masuka so that Dexter can snag a piece of plastic that he forgot. LaGuerta sends Deb out to talk to the press, and momentarily alone, LaGuerta fishes the blood slide out of the drain. I don't really know what to say about this scene. It, there, there's so much that has to go exactly right for this to happen the way it did. <laughs> and the drain only being like two inches deep. Mm-hmm. Really? And, and how did she see the blood slide that was down in a drain that she couldn't see into from where she was standing? But I guess it does give us the uh, LaGuerta is actually a cop feel there for a moment. Yeah. Well, and I mean, this is the inciting action for her arc of the season, which is that she now has an idea that something's not right about this Travis Marshall suicide and that the slides look awfully familiar. 
Um, so I, I, I think it's fine. I, I didn't really have a, an issue with it. Just I'm, I'm used to everything about LaGuerta being embarrassing. So, <laughs> um, and I figure she was the only one to look down the gutter cause she's always looking down at everyone. Mm. So that's how she figured that out. Uh, Dexter gets home and finds that Lewis has been using his computer without permission. Jamie collects Lewis and they leave. Dexter checks that his slides are okay and realizes he doesn't have Travis's slide. Lewis tries commiserating with Jamie about what a dick Dexter is, but Jamie defends Dexter. We see Lewis's laptop screen. It turns out he's been canceling Dexter's credit cards. That is one complaint I do have. I don't care about Lewis at all, and I'm ready for that to be over. Because they have such yeah. a strong storyline going with with Deb that we don't need all this. I really don't know why they brought him in. Like, if they brought him in before they knew they were going to get canceled. And they weren't canceled. The 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 crew actually said, we, we want to stop making this show. And Showtime said, you can stop making the show if you make two more seasons. Okay. It, it feels like he the entire point of Lewis is just tossed to the side. Um, so it, it kind of felt like they were going to build to something and then realize they didn't have enough time. That's what it felt like. So here's, I mean, I'm actually happy with Lewis being here uh, in season seven because they set him up pretty well in season six and didn't resolve anything with him in season six. And it's very unlike the show to bring back a guest character from a previous season and actually continue hit the narrative about them. So I'm glad that he's back um, for however long he ends up being back. Um, as opposed to like what they do with Mike in this episode mm. where they just right. bring him back to kill him off because they don't have anything for him to do. So I, I kind of like Lewis. I, I like the the threat of him. Um, I like that he has a different skill set than Dexter does. He's not like a violent serial killer as far as we know. Um, he's just a really good hacker. And somehow between season six and season seven, I guess he traded in his Alienware computer for a Razor, um, which which I just did a couple of weeks ago, so... Well, I mean, like... If, I'm Team Lewis, I guess. If if Zach can change his computer as often as he does, like, we gotta let Lewis have his, too. I've got a limitless supply of computers, just to let you know. <laughs> what do you have to... Apple, Apple uh, sponsors this podcast secretly, but I get all the benefits. <laughs> what are you doing to Tim Cook to get all those, man? <laughs> Man, oh man, I'm cooking him some apples. Deb <laughs> <laughs> uh, watches her own press conference from home. Mike calls and asks Deb why they didn't find Travis's car. Then Mike pulls over to try and help a guy with a flat tire. Despite the guy refusing help, Mike opens the trunk to find the lug wrench. Instead, he finds a woman's body. The motorist shoots Mike down, then puts a kill shot into Mike's head. He wipes down his side of the car and leaves it there with both bodies. I didn't know wiping down fingerprints could be so easy. Just a little bit of, little bit of towel, a little bit of elbow grease, and you're, you're off scot-free. 
I think it I think it it probably makes a difference about how long he's had that car and by the way they treated it must be like the first time he drove it because otherwise he'd have DNA all over the place in there. Also, it's Miami Metro. Yeah. Well, they don't find the fingerprint that he does leave, but we'll get to that. (laughs) Deb asks Dexter how he happened to have plastic wrap, knives, a rubber apron, and plastic sleeves. Dexter tries to play it off, but Deb doesn't feel right. Dexter apologizes for getting Deb involved. Deb says, but I am involved. Dexter has another flashback. Deb sobbing that her puppy, Banjo, had to go back. Deb's mom says it was her fault for not taking or for not talking to Harry first. Dexter says to himself, no, it was my fault. And then season one, Cody appears and blames himself in the mirror. It was Always all Cody's my fault. fault. Always Cody. You know what? Early nomination for best actor. <laughs> best best performance right there. Season one, Cody. <laughs> Season one, Cody, yeah. Uh, Deb gets called to the scene of Mike's murder. Dexter smashes a wall and pulls out a getaway pack, as we saw earlier in the flash forward. Dexter works the girl in the trunk. He pulls up an iPhone app, Aphis Mobile, and scans her fingerprints. Um, Aphis is the real fingerprint database that the police and the FBI use. And I really seriously doubt that they have a iPhone app. At least it's yeah. called Aphis Mobile. <laughs> Don't in think 2012. That works. Um, but he scans her fingerprints and he gets an ID for Kaja Soraka. Masuka is unable to find fingerprints from the wipe down driver's side, but Dexter finds one on the turn signal and keeps it for himself. Everyone forgets the turn ha- signal. Yeah, he acts like that's something people don't know to do. I'm sorry if you're trained in forensics, you probably do know to check the turn signal. <laughs> like it's, I'm pretty sure that's that's basic. Yes. There's the whole like dusting what, process and what about the radio? I mean, you know, you know a guy's gonna touch a radio. I can't not touch a radio when he gets into a car. Mm-hmm. There's more than just the steering wheel, but apparently Miami Metro Forensics doesn't realize this. Masuka couldn't be bothered. Like I was using nine of his fingers to do coke, and the only other one was on the wheel, so. (laughs) Uh, Deb sits in her car watching Dexter get ready to leave and has a flashback to Travis's murder. She started startled by another law enforcement officer telling her that the scene is clear. Back at Miami Metro, Deb stares at Dexter through his office window. She then goes to evidence to look at the ice truck killer file. She sees plastic wrap and has a brief memory of herself being tied down in plastic wrap from that time that Brian tried to get Dexter to kill her. She wasn't fully conscious and did not see Dexter at that time. Okay, so this brings up another thing about the uh, one of the opening scenes. She, she mentions... Um, now having this memory that she she couldn't really remember what was real and what was fake way back when that happened. And so why didn't Dexter just M99 her in the church? Like, get close, get her down, M99 her, now she doesn't remember. And you can play it off anyway. Uh. 
I mean, like, to what end? What's he going to do with her? Just, like, leave her on the floor? No, like... Like, you got tired, Dub. I don't know what happened. Bring her to and, and make up a story that, like, Travis attacked her and he killed Travis and he, he's had time to clean up and all this stuff. But this isn't Men in Black. You can't just erase someone's memory. <laughs> I mean, Deb kind of sucks, but she's not She's not that bad of a detective. She also later in this episode remembers something that she can't possibly have remembered, which is Dexter and Brian fighting over whether or not they were going to kill her because she was absolutely unconscious when that happened. But now they've rewritten it so that she was kind of awake a little and has this like vision of it. That's an astral projection. Uh-huh. It's easy. Out of body <laughs> experience. She can see everything. She can hear everything. I do it all the time. A lot well, of her, mushrooms. Her flashback <laughs> was from above her. So. Hey. There you go. Deb's doing a lot of run, uh, treadmill meditation these days. She spends a lot of time in the upside down. Yeah. Uh, Angel has found that the dead stripper worked at a club owned by a man with four other clubs. Miami Metro fans out to canvas the clubs and look for evidence of money laundering. For some reason. Uh, Deb tells Dexter that she had a flashback of being on Rudy slash Brian's table. She can barely remember it, but Dexter was somehow able to perfectly duplicate it. Dexter tries to deflect by asking why Deb was there. Uh, Deb apologizes for all the questions, but she's trying to make sense of what happened. Dexter tells her it's not going to make sense. Deb leaves, and Dexter wishes to himself that she'd leave it alone. His clandestine print turns up a match for a Victor Baskoff. He rushes off, and Deb sees him as the elevator doors close. She checks his computer and sees his wallpaper, a picture of Deb, Harrison, and himself blowing bubbles. Adorbs. Uh, Dexter searches Victor's apartment and finds his shirt with the blood and GSR on it. He also finds a laptop with an airline itinerary for a flight from Miami to Kiev leaving soon. Dexter gets to the airport and has a repeat of the conversation from the flash forward we saw earlier. He buys a ticket to Budapest with a fake fast passport and over a thousand dollars in cash. Dog track is his explanation for the money. TSA asks him about his syringes and he bluffs about having diabetes. He locates Victor. A lot of quick lies. This guy's good at improv. And um, none of it is suspicious at all. Completely viable. Nobody would want to check any of that out. Now, the show is trying to tell us that Dexter is after Victor and keeping him to himself because he feels out of control about the Deb situation and killing is the only thing that makes him feel like he's in control. And that's how it justifies this. But this is like 110% against the code. Uh, this is something that he should let Miami Metro take care of. He should have turned in the fingerprint, so on and so forth. Sometimes you just gotta, you gotta get yourself under control by killing someone. It's an everyday thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think it was Joseph Stalin that said that. Yes, thank you. That's the exact quote I was thinking of. <laughs> <laughs> Either either that or Joseph Quinn. One of the two. Uh, Quinny. <laughs> speaking of which, Quinn and Angel shut down a strip club. Angel asks the manager for a list of employees. 
Dexter follows Victor into a men's room with a wheelchair. He M99s him and wheels him to a locked, unclaimed baggage locker. Angel tells Dub that they found what is probably the dead stripper's blood near the door, but have no witnesses or cooperation from anyone at the club. Angel and Quinn go to have a drink to remember Mike. Turns out Angel didn't really put in for Quinn to be transferred, and Quinn never really tried to fight it with his union rep. Quinn also isn't sure he has a drinking problem. Who knows? We might never get to the bottom of this. It's one of like these two. <laughs> it's one of my favorite my favorite Quinn moments ever. He's just a complete asshole to Angel. I mean, this is just office politics right here. This is real simple. Just I, I said I was going to do this thing, but I really didn't do that thing. So fuck you. No, fuck you. And then uh, male bonding. Pardo comes in. Yeah, male bonding. Just and like like just like Miguel and Dexter. Yeah, exactly. You don't fuck me. I fuck you. <laughs> I no. He fucks you back. Fuck back. Back. And Burke just Burke just has nothing for this. I'm, I- I have nothing to say. <laughs> it never gets old to fuck you back. I just enjoy listening to you. <laughs> you could have yelled Freebo or something. Oh, no. Please, God. Uh, Start making that my contribution every week. Just yelling Freebo. <laughs> Bring that back. Uh, Victor wakes up in the cavernous unclaimed baggage room. He tells Dexter that he has a very dangerous friend. Dexter puts Victor's head in a plastic bag and bashes it with a fire extinguisher. So much for not letting knives through the TSA. Eh, a fun way, though. It's a real fun way to kill someone. If you've never done it, I recommend it highly. <laughs> Thanks for the recommendation. I actually really <laughs> enjoyed this scene. Because um, <laughs> Victor just... He, he has no patience for this. He's like, are you going to let me go? No, then get it over with. Yeah. Let's do this. That's thug life, baby. That's how thugs do what it. What a champion. Yes. He didn't have time for Mike. Doesn't have time for this. Strip club manager calls his Ukrainian mob boss to tell him that Victor's flight lands in a few hours, but that the dead cop is still causing them trouble. Dexter removes Victor's body in a giant surfboard bag. Deb interrupts a vigorous run on a treadmill and calls Jamie. Jamie says that Dexter is working all night. Deb asks if that happens a lot. Dexter working overnight. And Jamie confirms that he works crazy hours. Dexter has another flashback. He tells Deb that it's his fault that she couldn't keep Banjo. Harry steps in and says Dexter's allergic to dogs. Harry tells Dexter that he must never tell Deb the truth about himself. Dexter muses that he should have killed Travis immediately instead of trying to save him. But we all knew that from watching season six. And season four. (laughs) And season three. Yeah. Uh, I think he would have learned by now. Just kill him. Kill everybody. Dexter has another flashback. No, he doesn't. I'm just kidding. Uh, Deb remembers more oh, flashbacks. <laughs> he has a flash forward to the end of the series. It's really embarrassing. Um, <laughs> Deb remembers more about Brian and Dexter discussing killing her. Brian tells Dexter, you can't be a killer and a hero. 
So she overheard that line, uh, which she absolutely did not hear in season one. Right, and we have proof. Roll the tapes, Johnny. (laughs) (laughs) And all your Tim Cook money has to go to Showtime now. (laughs) Uh, LaGuerta asks Masuka if Miami Metro ever takes blood slides at crime scenes. He says they don't. They use swabs. The only Miami Metro person to take blood slides was Dokes for his side gig as the Bay Harbor Butcher. LaGuerta snags the blood slide as she leaves Masuka. That's the, what is that? Um, his thing he freaks out about, like chain of command or whatever. The chain, chain of custody. Yeah. Chain of custody right there. Blew it again. This guy is awful at chain of custody. <laughs> awful in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. He really is. Picking interns. Speaking. <laughs> Dexter gets home and finds his apartment tossed. Deb has his knives, blood slides, and the ice truck killer mannequin arm on a coffee table. She says, did you kill all these people? Dexter says, I did. She says, are you a serial killer? Dexter says, yes, and closes his eyes. End of episode. Shots fired. This, I, I'm just going to say it. <laughs> this was a great episode of Dexter. I loved it. <laughs> I think I so it. too. It was so good. I don't know. Maybe our standards are just so low, and maybe Zach just has a better line of quality control here. But I thought it was well, really here's good. The thing. Like since they since they cheaped out at the end of season five, and had Deb unknowingly let Dexter go, it's been like, come on. Let's explore what would happen if Deb finds out. We want this to happen. We want to see this play out. We want to see somebody that 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 cares about Dexter actually find out about him again. Because he hasn't had anyone that knows like who he is since Lumen. She wasn't really helpful to him. She was just she was his project, not somebody that helped him out. And this is a time where the show really needed that that reboot or that some kind of rejuvenation because it was just so blah last season. I mean, beyond blah, it was just terrible. And the, this was the best time for them to do it after failing to do it in the beginning because that was the only way you could keep people hanging on to that story after that whole misstep with the Deb in love with Dexter thing, which is kind of when you have that in the back of your mind in this season as we're watching the beginning that does kind of put a little bit of a damper on it, knowing what had just gone down right before this, but I'm going to just pretend none of that happened so far. I think it helps explain why she doesn't immediately arrest him. Like it, it, it helps make her a little bit more reluctant, even than if she just cared about him as his sister. Like there's an argument to be made for that, but no, that wasn't my favorite choice that they made either. I think it would have been just as effective with the brother-sister thing. I think more effective, really, because I the the love storyline's just too too bizarre. Yeah. Well, and he has not had this kind of you know, like he he hasn't had a a personal life challenge since Rita died. 
and he hasn't had a professional life challenge challenge since Dokes and to some degree Lundy, but Lundy was never as close as Dokes was to finding out who he was. I mean, Dokes figured out who Dexter was by the end of season two. Um, so it, it, a lot of this is just like, as a viewer, you're like, finally, like we're finally moving the story forward after season five and season six, we're both just kind of coasting along and not really going anywhere. And here we are the very first episode of this season and they're leaving us wanting more with this cliffhanger. Mm -hmm. Like, at the end of season six, you're like, oh, God, what's she going to do? And then the start of the the end of the premiere of season seven, you're like, oh, God, what's she going to do? Yeah. It's great. And every week for the last long time, it's just I'm dreading watching the next episode, just doing it because I have to. I actually was looking forward to this episode, and I'm looking forward to the next episode. And it's been a while since there's really been any kind of cliffhanger or any kind of suspense from one episode to the next. And the first shot of her when he gets home, I could clearly see the knives. And I was like, oh, God, you know, she got into the knives like, but I, I don't see the blood slide. So maybe he's OK. And then in the next shot, the blood slides are clearly like right next to her. And she points at him and says, did you kill all these people? It's just like for this show to move that fast is really impressive. Um, and it's like we know all of this is coming. We're, we're dealing with it all right now. Um, and I, I, that I find that exciting as opposed to, you know, Deb spending three episodes debating about whether she's going to tell LaGuardia about it or not. And then finding out more. And then Lewis tells her about the arm and Dexter has it or something like that. And, there's a lot of, of really silly writing t- tricks they could have used to drag this out, but they didn't. And the performances in this episode were were really good, too. I mean, oh, you yeah. can't not mention how they are just so strong, those two together in these scenes. Michael C. Yeah. Hall and Jennifer Carpenter are just incredible in, in this episode. Absolutely. Well, this was directed. Yeah, they had. Go ahead, Zach. They said they had good chemistry. <laughs> <laughs> okay. We got one positive statement out of Zach Sorda <laughs> that he oh, seemed like Zach. he didn't really entirely want to even say. How charitable of you! <laughs> uh, this was directed by John Dahl, uh, who directed sixteen episodes total, uh, and it was written by good old Scott Buck, who previously wrote the last episode, the season six finale. Um, he, of course, wrote 18 episodes total, three per season, until he took over as showrunner in season six, and then writing two episodes per season from season six through eight. What was your best line of the episode? Mine's not even... Best oh, line. go ahead. Go ahead, Zach. Oh. I want to hear yours. Yeah, just get, <laughs> get me out of the way. Uh, Deb, says, Deb says it's been a fucked up couple of days. I'm like, yeah, yeah, it has, Deb. <laughs> Mine, it wasn't so much the line, it's just the point at which it's said and the scene in which it's done. Um, just when Deb looks up at him and says, did you kill all these people? Just just such a well-delivered line, and that scene was so good. See, mine came from the same scene, but it was, are you a serial killer? 
like the the broken look on her face when she delivered that line was just it was heartbreaking scene was so good and i'll let you guys decide if this is best or worst but uh i'm gonna bring back uh who knows we may never get to the bottom of this i have that as my worst line (laughs) okay well who was everyone else's worst line i actually thought that line was pretty funny his delivery of it was so funny. I, I really enjoyed that. I went with it's my fault just because anytime somebody says something is their uh, fault, yeah. it's a flashback to Cody. Season one Cody still haunting us. Always. I actually did not write down a uh, worse line. You could pick something that Zach said since the, we started recording. God. Uh, <laughs> this was a terrible episode. That'll do. You know, um, yeah, oh, here we go. How about the performance of the essay? Terrible. How about the performance of the episode? I don't know how. I could I'm gonna give it to Mikey Boy. Oh, sorry. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> we'll leave it to Zach. I was saying it can't be anybody but Deb, but I, I should have known Zach was gonna go somewhere with yeah. it. I would give it to Mike. I was going to give it to the the stripper in the trunk, but I figured Mike was trying to be a good guy. So, you know, sucks to be shot when you're just trying to be a good Samaritan. Mike. And, his and one nobody scene. seemed sad. Nobody seemed sad at the crime nobody scene. Did anybody? Was. They did not. Nobody. nobody was upset. Why did they even have a drink in his honor? Nobody cared that he died. He was a, because they're he was alcoholics. A transfer. Listen, a transfer from Chicago doesn't have a lot of friends, okay? Also, hard being in a new city. Also, he was a dick. (laughs) He constantly was was just trashing Deb, and as you know, Deb is the best uh, because she gets a performance of this episode, this excellent, excellent episode. He was the worst. The worst. I don't think so. <laughs> We've guys, seen what are much you guys worse. doing to me? Opposite. <laughs> this is opposite day. What's happening? We all got together and planned we were going to just disagree with everything you said. Nope. <laughs> hey guys, that's season seven, episode one. Thanks for joining me. Thanks everybody for listening. We'll see you on the next deeply discussing Dexter.